I'm just going to talk very short this morning because we've already had so much this morning. I just want to finish off our Holy Spirit series, if that's all right with you. Is that okay? All right. And uh, I want to talk to you this morning about spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. Because we say things like, you know, Psalm 139 says that before uh, you were in your mother's womb, God knew you and God had a plan for your life. We, we understand things like Jeremiah 29 that says that God has a hope and a future for you. We understand that he also talks about how you're God's workmanship, where he's prepared things in advance for you to do. And sometimes we hear those things, but we don't really understand what that really means. And I, and I call them spiritual gifts because sometimes we write them off as just natural, practical gifts. But the reality is, is the Scriptures teach us that they are a spiritual gift. And if they're a spiritual gift that God gives you, and we're going to look at what they, some of those gifts are shortly, and you'll be surprised how basic and how simple some of them are. If they're a spiritual gift, then they're a supernatural gift. It's a supernatural gifting that God gives you when He gives you a spiritual gift. It's an ability given to us by Him to be able to do the stuff that he's called us to do here on earth. In 1 Corinthians uh, 12, it says this, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them and all men. In other words, there's all sorts of different gifts and you don't have to have my gift, and I don't have to have your gift. I just have to have the gift that God's given me. It goes on and says in, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, it says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. God gives us gifts not to consume on ourselves, but so that we may be able to help each other. And, and if you've known me long enough, if you have a spiritual gift of DIY, then you can help me because I, I have a, a special needs area in regards to DIY in my life. And so you're all being given spiritual gifts. Every single one of you, whether you know God or not, God has given you gifts and abilities that you are able to function and operate in. If you're a businessman or an entrepreneur, that is not something that has come naturally to you. That is a gift that God has given you. And it's a supernatural thing. It's not natural, it's supernatural, it's powerful, it's amazing. Spiritual gifts are an incredible thing, but I, I just need to tell you five things that spiritual gifts are not, so that you understand. The first one is they're not natural talents. They're gifts given to you by the Holy Spirit. They are supernatural abilities. Yes? How many people know that parenting requires some supernatural abilities sometimes? Yes? Especially when they get to that age that they know everything requires supernatural ability to love them, yes, and not kill them. So you get God's reward by having grandchildren later on in life. Why are you so serious this morning? Can you lighten up a little bit? My parents told me that grandchildren are God's gift for not killing your own children, so I'm just passing on what they've told me. So they're not natural gifts, they're not natural talents. Even though you think they're natural talents, they're actually a God-given gift. They're a supernatural gift that God has given you. Number two, they're not given to the elite few. Yes? Every single person sitting in a seat in this building has spiritual gifts. It may not be to stand up here and speak. It may be something completely different, but every single person is given. It's not just for the, the, the I don't know, the elite, the 
people that you think are fantastic because we're all the same in God's eyes. We just have different giftings and talents and abilities. The third thing is, is um, that they're not a sign of spiritual maturity. Just because you've been a Christian for a long time doesn't mean that you've got better gifts and more gifts than somebody else has. Spiritual gifts are given to you. We confuse sometimes spiritual gifts with fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is love and kindness and long-suffering. Those are character fruits, yes? Not natural talents, not, not, not spiritual abilities that God has given you. They are part of your character. You grow in love. You grow in long-suffering. You grow in those things. They're not a spiritual gift. They are a fruit from walking a life with Christ, from becoming more and more like Him, from allowing Him to change us from the inside out. A spiritual gift is not relevant as to whether you've been a Christian for five seconds or you've been a Christian for 35 years or even if you aren't a Christian. Spiritual gift is a gift that God gives you supernatural ability to do the things that He calls you to do and it's got nothing to do with spiritual maturity. Are you with me this morning? And they're not fruits of the Spirit, like I already said. Fruits of the Spirit is, is something... I, God spoke this to me the other week. It's quite funny, actually. Uh, you know, because I... I, I, sometimes when God asks me to do things, sometimes I can feel a little bit out of control. And so I, I, I sometimes say no about some of the things that he asks me to do because I want to try and keep control of things. And then God showed me the other day that and me keeping control doesn't allow the Spirit to have control. And one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. So I'm fighting Him moving in my life and trying to get control. I'm actually denying my self-control. Does that make sense? Because I can't say that again. <laughs> the fruits of the Spirit is what happens as you grow in relationship. And the other thing is spiritual gifts are not something to fear. God does not give you horrible things. He's not going to give you something that you feel uncomfortable in. You know, that's why he didn't give me the gift of singing, because if I did that right here, right now, if I started singing, we would be evacuating the building. Thank you, Ken, for agreeing with me on that one. <laughs> However, if me and Murray did a duet together, that would be like heaven visiting. <laughs> and so they're not those things, but what are they? Well, there's five scriptures that talk about what spiritual gifts are, but we're just going to look at two so I can just show you how simplistic some of them are. In Romans 12, 6 to 8, it says, In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. How many people want to do things well? Yeah? So if God has given you ability to prophesy, in other words, have words over people, speak out as much with as much faith as God has given you. But if your gift is serving others, who he can't serve people? See, so sometimes we get caught up and we hear spiritual gifts and we hear the word prophecy, oh, I could never do that. But the Bible is teaching us here that serving people is a spiritual gift, and it says serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. Don't you love people with a spiritual gift of encouragement? That's why I love hanging out with Catherine all the time, because she just encourages all the time. You know what I'm talking about, yes? Come on. Talk to me this morning. Thank you. 
I love being around people that encourage because we live in a world that doesn't encourage it, but it's a spiritual gift. And if you've got a gift of encouraging people, please just encourage all the time. It's fantastic. If it is giving, then give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of, listen to this, showing kindness to others, do it gladly. We can all serve people. We can all encourage people. We can all show kindness to people, yes? But these are supernatural spiritual gifts that God gives us. And and sometimes we write those gifts off and we think, oh, that's just my personality. It's just the way that I am. Uh, Spiritual gifts are the stuff that Craig does on Sunday. No, it's not. When you're in a checkout line and and you tell somebody, oh, your child's so cute, and encourage them about how beautiful the kid is. That's a supernatural gift of kindness and encouragement. And, and, and it's something that God expects us to excel in. And, and in fact, somewhere in the scripture it says, desire all spiritual gifts. I don't know about you, but I, I think I could be a little bit more kind to people. I think I could serve people better. I think that I could be more encouraging. And, and all those, we can operate every single one of those and those things. And 1 Corinthians 12 7 to 11, it says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. To one, spirit, to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. How many people want one of those people around you? Come on. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. I love people of great faith. They encourage you. And to someone else, the Spirit gives a gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. And he gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. We need that one, I'm telling you now. And still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what has been said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. And so... Corinthians kind of covers there what we perceive to be spiritual gifts, which is all the, the ability to prophesy and, and see people healed and pray for the sick and see them recover and all those things, which is all part and parcel of spiritual gifts. But I want to encourage you this morning that kindness is a spiritual gift, encouraging is a spiritual gift, serving other people is a spiritual gift, and, and, and you don't have to be getting up here and doing all of this because you can do kindness, serving, and encouragement every single day of the week, whether you're at home, work, or in the supermarket. We can function in a spiritual gift. And so how do we discover, in our last five minutes this morning, how do we discover what our spiritual gifts are? Well, the first thing is that you should probably look up in Scripture and discover what all the spiritual gifts are. In fact, in one one part it says that there's a spiritual gift of administration. How many people need a spiritual gift of administration? (laughs) All the disorganized people's hands go up. It's a gift. It's a spiritual gift that God gives. And so you need to study about what the Bible says about what gifts are and and what they're not and understand that they're not just all these, you know, out here kind of things, but they're what you would consider sometimes to be natural abilities. If if you're a builder or someone that can create things out of your hands or or you're a surgeon that can, can... you know, do heart surgery, that's a gift that God has given you. It's not just something practical, it's a spiritualness about it. The second thing is, is ask God to show you what your gifts are. 
Ask him to tell you what your gifts are. In your prayer time, just say, hey, God, what, what am I gifted at? Or here's a really cool thing. Ask, ask people that you can trust and you know love you. <laughs> What's some of the great things about me? What are the things that you love about me? And then finding out the things that people love about you, you'll probably discover what some of your spiritual gifts are. Yeah? Come on. Examine what you enjoy and do well. What is it that you love doing? Because usually the thing that you love doing is the thing that God's gifted you to do. Yeah? Some people love doing accounting. They need Jesus. Some people love being lawyers. They need Jesus. And then some people are really cool when they love to be landscapers and create stuff. And some people love doing health and safety and they need Jesus. But what is it that you enjoy doing? Because that's usually the thing that God's gifted you to do. I actually love mowing lawns to a degree. But I actually really enjoy it. So sometimes I get on the lawnmower here and I do lawns because I just love putting my earphones on and shutting myself off from the world and spend, I, I enjoy just worshipping and talking to God for two hours undisturbed. What is it that you enjoy doing? And do well. It'll give you an idea of what your spiritual gift is. Or take your spiritual gifts test. And this is where next steps are so important. And it'll be week one will start the first Sunday in April. And then week two Week one is all about who we are, what our values are, who we are as a church so that you can understand who we are so that you don't think that we're something else and then six months down the track get upset. And So we, we encourage you to come and find out who we are. But in the second week, we want to find out who you are and we want to help you discover who you are and find out what sort of personality you have and or what are these spiritual gifts that God has given you and we'll get you to do a spiritual gifts test, not because we then want to find out what you're good at and then make you do it, but we want you to discover what it is that God has created you to do and then give you an opportunity to be able to function in the thing that he's gifted you to do. Because our problems disappear when we find our purpose. People that have found purpose don't have a lot of problems. When I've found people that have a lot of problems and a lot of worries and a lot of concerns about what's going on in the world, if, if I can direct them in their purpose for their lives, the problems disappear really, really quickly. Because when you find your purpose, then nothing else really matters. Yeah? Change of career might be on the cards for you to find the thing that you love doing. And spiritual gift tests will help you discover that. And then, and then the fifth thing that you can do if you want to find out what your spiritual gifts are is do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. So if you feel like God is, when I say Holy Spirit leads you to do, you're like, what does that mean? It's just like you just get this feeling, like a nudge on the inside. Have you ever, have you ever felt that before? The nudge on the inside where you feel like you should contact that person or talk to that person. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. He's, he's giving you an internal nudge on the inside of you. And, and he will nudge you in directions of things that you could do or areas that you could serve. And that's the Holy Spirit's way of directing you into the things that you are good at so that you can live with purpose instead of problems. Are you with me this morning? 1 Peter 4 as we finish and as the musicians come. 1 Peter 4, 10 to 11 says this, God has 
given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking and speak as though God himself was speaking through you? If you have the gift of helping others, do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. In other words, if it's speaking, then speak really well. But if it's helping others, do it with your whole might. Love on people like they've never been loved before. Encourage people like they've never been encouraged before. Be kind to people like you've never been kind before. Because here's the thing. There's no defense against love. You can be as angry with someone as you like, but if they're constantly showing you love and kindness, it's very hard to stay angry with someone that's showing you love and kindness, isn't it? It's really, really hard to do that. I, I can remember watching my dad once. He was a pastor. And I watched him once, and this person was really, really an angry, angry person, horrendous childhood horrendous and they were a gang member and they're just so angry and you could see it in their face in church one Sunday they're just so angry and they're getting really really agitated in church and the ushers come running up to the front and tell my dad oh this guy's getting really angry out the back we're worried he's going to get violent and and my dad's like yeah I'll be down there in a minute and he just keeps on worshiping a little bit long and then another usher runs up you've got to do something about this and freaking out about it and I thought, what is they going to do? Like, are they going to escort him out of the church? Because he's starting to make a bit of a ruckus down the back. A bit of a scene down the back of the church. What is he going to do? Is he going to escort him out? Or what is he going to do? You know what? My dad just walked down the back and wrapped his arms around him and gave him a hug. Didn't even say a word. And this guy just burst into tears. And just cried and cried and cried. Why? Because there's no defense to love especially when it's God's love. Because Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't know what you've experienced. I don't know everybody that's here this morning. I don't know what you've experienced in church. I don't know what you've experienced from Christians. But if it's anything other than love, then I'd have to question where they're at. God is not a God of judgment. He's a God of love. He's a God that is for you, not against you. He's a God that died, sent His Son to die on the cross for you so you don't have to suffer the consequences of sin and your mistakes in life. Because He said, I'll, I'll pay that price for you. There's no defense against love. You know, I, I've had moments in parenting, as we've all had, where I've had my children on occasions when they were little say things like, I hate you. I remember the first time one of my kids told me that they hated me because I wouldn't take them to McDonald's. I was devastated, wasn't I, honey? For about five days, my, my kid hates me. Hate me. Now if something like that gets said, I said, that's okay because I love you enough for the both of us. And that's the cool thing about Jesus. So you may have had a really bad church experience and maybe a bad experience with Christians. Maybe your parents were super religious but not actually Christ followers and so they lived one way at church but lived another way, Monday through to Saturday. And you may be angry and you may be frustrated this morning but I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus would say to you, that's okay because I love you enough for the both of us. 
when I died on the cross for your sins. I loved you enough while you hated me. While you were still enemies of God, Christ died for you, the Bible teaches. He loves you so much. It doesn't matter whether you know him or you don't know him. His love for you doesn't change for you. But I want to ask you this morning, what defense do you have against a God that would send his son to die for you? What defense does a world have, our community have, our society have, when people are genuinely loved? 